Welcome to another edition of An Artifactual Journey. I'm your host, Philip J. Merrill, and as usual, we are overly excited. I am at the historic campus of Morgan State University, a national treasure, and I'm talking to none other than longtime colleague Omar Muhammad. Glad to be here. We're actually in the Graves School of Business, the OG Graves School of Business. If you don't know who he is, look him up, entrepreneur extraordinaire. I am a resource here helping out entrepreneurs at all levels in the Entrepreneurial Development and Assistance Center. We call it EDAC for short. Could you say that EDAC again, please, so that that will resonate with everyone? Yes, Entrepreneurial Development and Assistance Center. And how long have you been connected to EDAC? Too long. Too long? Too long. So I've been here, Matt, I've been here for, as the director of the program, 15 years. Uh, However, when it first came to Morgan back in 1992, I was a junior here at Morgan. I was a junior student. I was majoring in accounting, and the late Dr. Mildred Glover brought the resource here to Morgan State University, and I got involved. So I'm the third director of the, at the time was called the Small Business Institute. When That's I came what I over, first am familiar yeah, with. Sure. Yeah, okay, Small okay, Business okay. Institute. Yes. And then when I came on board, changed the name for marketing purposes to EDAC, the Entrepreneurial Development and Assistance Center. And when I think of Omar Muhammad, I think of business. I think mm. of entrepreneurism. I think of the legitimate hustle, <laughs> not the side hustle, but a legitimate hustle yeah. that has been out in the community for quite some time, working with both youth and adults to further their knowledge about business practices and business prowess. Would you not agree? Oh, of course. You know, I'm going to agree, sir. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I remember being a young, young entrepreneur at the age of 12. And you know, even when I was here at Morgan, you know, I, I did a lot of entrepreneurial activities. And for me, entrepreneurship or entrepreneur, it's a lifestyle. I mean, that's what my wife and my daughters, I mean, that's what we use for us. It's a lifestyle for us. And entrepreneurship, I think people need to experience entrepreneurship, even if it's even having a side hustle, you know, I think entrepreneurship should be that thing that people go to to really think and create legacy. And for me, you know, I have two brothers and two sisters, and they all experience entrepreneurship. All of us experience entrepreneurship at an early age. And right now, this is for me to really help anybody who's interested in entrepreneurship, learning about it. It's up to me to give back. And I think that's what I think of Omar Muhammad about is for over the decades, that's what you've been doing. Yes. And you're at a place that is just crawling with historical bandwidth. Morgan State University has just produced so many important people that it's not just in one realm. And in the realm that we're sitting, the room that we're sitting in, the building is named after Earl G. Graves. That's right. But there's so many other people that have come out of Morgan. So Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of like an evolutionary situation where young Omar Muhammad is a student (laughs) matriculating at Morgan and then he graduates and now he's back doing something that will benefit not just the Morgan Bear community, but the community at large. Absolutely. So it's interesting when I was a student here, entrepreneurship wasn't sexy. I I remember us going to the provost's office at the time uh, saying, we're going to protest if we don't get more information about entrepreneurship. 
and they kind of laughed us out of the room. Right, right. And then it's interesting now that I come back to the university after you know getting some more experience as an entrepreneur working in lending. Now it's everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, even some of the professors here. It's, 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 it's trending. It's, it's yes. a buzzword. It's yes. kind of sexy. But back then, did you have hair? I'm just curious. Well, I always, you know, I always look like this. Oh, you know, yeah. so, I like the clean shape. So, so you yeah. were bald. You yes. were ahead of the curve, so to speak. I was, you know, Michael Jordan looked at me. He said, you know what, cat? I'm a copy of that cat because I like to copy a good cat. Okay, so, so now I'm going to go back to being serious. But that, that was nice. I like that. One of the things that's really important in being an entrepreneur is financial literacy. Yes. And mm-hmm. what I'm about to show you, describe what you're holding in your hand. All right, this is a ring. It has 1960. Sure. Yes. And it says Baltimore Polytechnic Institute. Oh, Poly. It has some initials in here. So it's like a ring from Poly. Right. So how can that be tied into financial literacy or even entrepreneurism? Yeah. Any clue? I would probably, this guy was famous. It could be tied to some type of wealth if he was famous and if he's no longer around or a tool that they could pass down to the next generation. Okay. That's a good start. I, I think we can run with that. I think I can okay. segue with that. All right. So, so let me do what I do, okay? Yes, right. I'm pass the ball to you. Right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, first of all, We don't think about jewelry from a historic African-American perspective. We think about it, well, is it gold? Is it silver? Is Mm. it plated? Is it real Mm. pearls? But you add an extra sense of wealth to it when it's connected to some historic black community, Mm. person, school, or organization. This comes from a person by the name of Martin Jackson, Mm -hmm. who was in the class of 1960 at Polytech Institute. Mm -hmm. That means... If you know when Brown v. Boyd took place in 1954, that this gentleman is going to be in one of the early classes of Negroes to be admitted and matriculate Mm. and graduate from Poly. So this is not just a high school ring. It's a high school ring with pioneering Mm -hmm. strings attached to it. Mm. On top of which, you know, like I know, that Poly and Western High School were producing some of the leading people in the community that went on to improve the community. That's right. So this gentleman, for instance, went on to North Carolina A&T, HBCU, in Greensboro, and became a pioneering certified public accountant. Oh, wow. Okay. That was my major here, but I didn't get certified. Okay. He got certified, (laughs) and he went on to become extremely wealthy. Wow. So Mm. knowing what I do, Mm -hmm. he donated the ring to me. So we are digging deeper into his life legacy to understand that he worked his way up from working at Lafayette Avenue Market, mm. which is now called Pennsylvania Avenue Market. Market. He grew up in Old West Baltimore, went on to be selected to go to a white school after Brown v. Board, mm-hmm. graduated, got an education, went to Vietnam, mm-hmm. which was a difficult situation, yeah. got his degree from North Carolina A&T, and then becomes a certified public accountant with one of the big eight firms in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So legacy yeah. can be seen on so many different levels tied into this man and tied into one object mm-hmm. that many of us have sitting in our homes. Yeah. Apartments, condos, summer mm-hmm. homes. We could have jewelry from a fraternal organization like mm-hmm. the Elks or the Masons. Mm-hmm. Your grandpa might have been a part of the Knights of Pythias or the mm-hmm. Grand United Order, Sons and Daughters, Brothers and Sisters of Moses or the Galilean Fishermen. There's a zillion different types of jewelry mm-hmm. that exist from an 
African-American perspective, mm -hmm. but so often the descendants that have it don't know the historical mm -hmm. connection to it, and wow. therefore they yeah. will just let it go at the pawn shop, yep. which largely the pawn shops are not owned and operated by African-Americans, right. and they're looking at it for the weight in gold or silver and not saying to you, okay, I'll give you 150 for it, over the gold, but now that I can understand that the person was a part of a pioneering group that integrated yeah. this venerable institution, the price can be higher. Absolutely. Wow. So you see how financial literacy and understanding what you have mm -hmm. is an art. Yes, it's a it business. Is. It is. It, it it's is. a business. Yeah. So if I went into your house, mm -hmm. would I be able to rummage through some jewelry to come up with anything? Yeah, I got some stuff for you. You got some stuff for you? <laughs> I got some, some stuff, yeah. So, yeah. for instance, yeah. like at Morgan, do you have your diploma? I do have my diploma, yes. You would be surprised how many people do not value the physical component yeah. of saving their high school or college mm. diploma. Interesting, yeah. That's, again, a part of financial literacy. Yeah. One of the earliest diplomas we have comes from Hampton in Virginia, and it's from 1884. Wow, 1884. That's early. That's real early, yeah. But you would be surprised how many people mm. don't value from a financial perspective mm -hmm. an old diploma from grandma mm -hmm. or grandpa. Mm. Okay, so it's not just the jewelry. Mm -hmm. It's not just a diploma. It could be a fraternal paddle from the campus. We have mm -hmm. quite a collection of Alpha Phi Alpha, mm -hmm. the Delta Lambda chapter, which is the Baltimore chapter. <laughs> They're getting ready to yeah. celebrate a big anniversary. Right, yeah. Why mm -hmm. isn't this valued not just from an educational perspective mm -hmm. and a traditions yeah. and folk and mores and, and so forth, but mm -hmm. how about a financial component? Absolutely, yeah. Which then leads us down the path of entrepreneurism. Yes. Why is it that we take our antiques to the Caucasian dealer to evaluate or to sell to? but not to someone that looks like the person selling it. That's right, yeah. So are you getting a lesson here? You gave me a lesson, man. And I mean, what I'm learning is don't throw away stuff. You know, because some stuff may have value um, right. to it. You right. know, and that diploma is something that's interesting, too. That makes me, I'm going to have to go back and talk to my, my father and my mother to find out, you know, from their mother, right. grandparents, and all that, do they have exactly. diplomas? Exactly. Yeah. Because you also then get to look at the evolution of institution of higher learning. Yeah. Mm. Morgan wasn't always Morgan State University. That's At one right. point, it was Morgan College. Morgan College, And yeah. what some people don't know is that Morgan even had a prep academy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Morgan, as well as Howard University, mm. had academies, which were like high schools, prep schools, that in some ways served as feeder schools to the traditional mm. College. That makes sense. I so, didn't know that. Yeah. A famous person from Morgan that attended the Morgan Academy was Zora Neale Hurston. Whoa. She was right here at the Academy on this historic campus. Mm. So, because we have some rare Zora authentic items, mm -hmm. that's financial literacy. It sure and is. it's tied into education, yeah. it's tied into the history of an institution. Mm -hmm. So, you are now working, and I'm proudly sitting in <laughs> a building named after a pioneering entrepreneur. Yeah on our campus that is just overrun with historical legacy. Yes. And one way that I think we can help move that legacy forward is to look at the artifacts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Dealing with artifacts is a business. Mm -hmm. The business of artifacts. The business yes. of artifacts. artifacts. I love that. With financial connections to, to it. it. Yeah. I love that. Sounds good? Man, good with me, man. Uh, I'm going to start looking for some artifacts around here now. <laughs> what do we have right here? Tell us this story. Well, I know where it came from. I actually have a rental property in Baltimore. 
Entrepreneurism, rental uh, property. Entrepreneurism, I like it. Right. I like it. I like it. And the tenant, you know, of course, they just kind of destroyed the place. They left this picture. <laughs> right. You know, so I know a couple of these individuals on here, but the most recognizable, well, it's too recognizable. I'm going to say the most recognizable is, you know, little Willie Adams from Baltimore. Uh, he's young on that picture, too. <laughs> I see the gray hair. Right. But Willie Adams was a businessman, entrepreneur. And, and philanthropist. And philanthropist. And, and developer. Helped, and, and he was an investor. <laughs> right. He right. was an investor. He was way before Shark Tank. Now that I think about it, you know, so he helped a lot of small businesses in Baltimore flourish, if you will. And not only that, let me just add a little bit to this photograph. First of all, over here on the right, you have the late Reverend Dr. Harold Carter of New Shiloh Baptist Church, who was a civil rights activist connected to Martin Luther King Jr. Then right here, you have the first black city solicitor in Baltimore's history. His (laughs) name is George L. Russell Jr. Also went on to be a partner in the Peter Angelos Law Firm a pioneering legal mind, uh, Douglas High School graduate, class of 46, Mm. and Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, HBCU, class of 50. When you talk about a bad, bad man, he had it going on back in the day in a lot of ways, okay? Next to him is another person that is an iconic figure in Baltimore's history. You have Willie Don. Now, you got got little Willie here, but here you got Willie Don. Don. Um, (laughs) You have William Donald Schaefer who worked his way out of City College to go on to become a city councilman, then the city council president, and then mayor, then governor, and then comptroller. An icon in Baltimore's business development and Baltimore's political history. And next to him, you have Little Willie Adams. Little Willie Adams, on top of all those wonderful things that you said, was a partner and namesake of A&R Development, that Theo Rogers Rogers. is now carrying on the legacy that Little Willie set with regard to development. One other fascinating point about Little Willie Adams is that he's connected at the hip with Henry Parks. Yes, sir. Yep. Of more park sausages, mom, mom please. please. <laughs> Henry Parks, <laughs> park Willie sausages. Adams, yep. and a gentleman by the name of Creighton. Mm. And Creighton was from Ohio. Uh, they created mm-hmm. Park Sausage. Oh, wow. People today okay. largely yeah. know of Deets, which Deets, took yep. over the Park Sausage yep, facility yep, yeah, at absolutely. Park Circle. Yep, Park Circle. But yeah. before that. It was Willie and Creighton and Parks, and then later on, mm-hmm. they bring in Haysburg. Haysburg yep. So today, more people yeah. know about Haysburg, Haysburg yes, but I they agree. don't know the early iterations when it was not Haysburg. Since we're talking about entrepreneurism, he worked very closely with the Brown Bomber, world champion boxer Joe Lewis, yeah. nicknamed the Brown Bomber. I did not know that. Wow. Who was a marketing guru before LeBron, before MJ. You had wow. Joe Lewis, who marketed a zillion different products to make money, and they mm. created a bottle of soda called Joe Lewis Punch, which we have an original bottle of, and the plant was here in Baltimore. So entrepreneurism through the lens of artifacts Mm. connected to financial literacy is a wonderful spin. Absolutely. So I really appreciate this. I I hope we can do some more literacy, entrepreneurism tied into African-American history and culture. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for having me on as well. My pleasure. Anytime I can touch the ground of a historic (laughs) campus like Morgan, it's very exciting and it warms my soul. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank Thank you. you.